I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Welcome to Ordinary Extraordinary. I'm Ben Klunt, and this is my Scottish friend, Stephen Brown. Today, we are recording remotely. Stephen has on a backwards hat with glasses and a Nike Rogue shirt, and I have on a shirt that Stephen says is too tight, and he can see my nipples. (laughs) How's that for an intro? I like it. (laughs) Uh, Why don't you introduce today's topic, Stephen? We'll just get right into it, since we were oh so prepared for this. So today's, can I, can I preface this with uh, the reason that we're recording remotely? Should I, should nah, I share? I'd, I'd leave it. <laughs> I was you, up to you. I don't care. So I'm pretty sure I had COVID at the tail end of last week into this week. We're recording this on Thursday. We normally record Mondays. So it's been about 11 or 12 days since I've seen you, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So I woke up and I went to the gym on the Thursday and I was weak. I felt really weak in the gym, like normal weights. I was like, geez, what's going on here? And I didn't think anything of it other than just, I I hadn't slept well the night before. So the rest of the day I felt kind of fatigued and off. Uh, Put it down the lack of sleep. On the Friday, the day after that, my nose was runny, but I hadn't taken any allergy pills for a few days. And I'd been around animals, so I figured that's what it was. But my nose was running a lot, and I still felt kind of fatigued. And then Saturday of the the day of the Masters, thank God I had the Masters and some good football to watch. Saturday and Sunday were some of the worst I felt for a long, long time. Um, Probably the worst I've ever felt from cold and flu symptoms. So couldn't figure out if I was hot, couldn't figure out if I was cold, was basically had a constant sweat and I'm not a sweaty person, um, but was basically wet for two and a half days (laughs) or two days. Saturday into Sunday, my fever broke, but Sunday I still felt shitty. Monday had a terrible cough. It was in my lungs and I was coughing up all the gunk. Uh, Tuesday was probably the last day of not feeling 100% physically. And then we're at Thursday now and I've still got a bit of a cough every now and again, but I'm back to normal, walked with the dog for two miles this morning and feel good. Feel good, good, glad you're feeling better. So we'll keep going now that we figured that out. Yep. So so now I'm glad you're feeling better. Sounds like you're back on your feet, walking the dog, getting a little fresh air, but still being socially distant. Hence the remote recording for the next couple of weeks, folks. So sorry if our audio sounds a little bit off, but uh, this is the week before Thanksgiving. So if we forget to tell everybody, have a great Thanksgiving alone. 
that Enzy won't let you be together. I love all the memes going around. Freaking remember Christmas vacation at the end when the cops are all coming to like uh, Chevy Chase's house, the Griswold family Christmas home, mm -hmm. and all the cops are coming there. But it says when they find out you bought a turkey for ten to twelve, and they're bashing through the windows. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Come Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. If we're going to talk about 2020 as a whole, one of the wonderful things that's come out of this year is the memes, the meme game, oh, and the, memes are so good. the short videos, and yeah, I mean every on time something sides. happens. Politically on both sides too, I love it. I mean the stuff on Trump is freaking hilarious. The stuff with old man Biden is freaking hilarious. Like it's just all hilarious to me, which I know some people probably think it's ultra, like disrespectful, and it is to some degree, but. <laughs> it's also hilarious mm -hmm. so, we just gotta remember to not take life so seriously sometimes too so many people get worked up into these little bits around nothing too it surprises me how worked up people are just anxiety ridden too Ugh. take a deep breath people mm -hmm. remember there's more to life than what you read on Facebook <laughs> which is funny after last night's comment I sent Stephen a long message. I sent our group a long message last night, actually. I won't necessarily talk about the message, the contents of the message. It was as opposed to sending this message out in a Facebook feed that I had read or Facebook comment section that I had read, I decided to send it out to a safe group of guys <laughs> for discussion. <laughs> so I didn't get lit up by all the keyboard warriors of Facebook, but. And then Stephen responded. <laughs> It was, uh, it was quite the rant. Yeah. But it was valid. My argument was sound. I think it was valid. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now let's get into the actual topic. Now that we're like 10 minutes into nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so do you want to frame this? Am I going to frame this? No, you frame it because I only got to read a portion of the article since I don't have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. <laughs> So this is going to be, I don't have a subscription either. Sometimes it lets me in and sometimes it doesn't. So this is going to be kind of multifaceted. We're going to move in a couple of different directions. But essentially, I guess we're going to talk about the difference between being predatory and being opportunistic. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, one has a negative connotation, one has a positive connotation. Although I think opportunism is often portrayed as, as negative in a predatory way. And we're going to talk about that and what the, the initial impetus for this discussion was. But I think where we're going to go with this and how we're going to have to um, sort of start is essentially in the media. So there was an article and it was about Southwest Airlines. And for the record, I'm a huge fan of Southwest Airlines. I love flying Southwest. I love the... Yeah. I have rewards with them. Their customer service is second to none. Any time I've had an issue, they've fixed it, given me free points, free flights, whatever it is. Um, they are on time for the most part. They get you where they need to be. So this isn't a commercial for Southwest, but I am partial. And I'll, I'll go on the record and say that. But this article, and, I, and I'd shared it with Ben and basically said that the headline was disgusting because the actual story I think should be applauded. So I'm going to start off by reading the headline. And the headline says, predatory and opportunistic. And that's in quotes. 
And then the subheadline is Southwest Airlines seizes the moment as rivals struggle. All right. So that's where I want to start is with the media and say that if you are one of the people and there's very, very many of you, and I can admit to being guilty of this before, where you read a headline, you form the story in your head and you don't actually read the story, you need to quit that shit immediately. Because I, I looked at this and was like, oh, this is a negative story about Southwest. I don't see very many of those. Let's dive in. Yeah. No. Um, Which is why I wanted you to frame it, because I didn't get to read it. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, essentially what's happened is coming into the pandemic and in general, Southwest sit on a lot of cash. Okay. They are a very well-run business. They do a lot of good in the community. Um, and they were sitting on a lot of cash. Uh, that's really important when your income shoots down. A lot of other airlines were leveraged. A lot of other airlines had a lot of debt and were not sitting on stockpiles of cash able to, um, what shall we call it, absorb the hit caused by COVID and the lack of travel. So Southwest have absorbed some of the, um, we'll call it routes or, or flights. Yeah, flight, that, flight, that, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Other, other airlines have shut those down because they have to run a skeleton crew. They can only work on major ones that are going to be more profitable. So Southwest saw opportunity and said, well, people still need to go between these places. Let's expand into this airport and run that, okay. that market. Yeah. Now, they're able to do so again because they were well run in the past, had mm -hmm. stockpiles of cash, mm -hmm. and plan on being well run in the future and know that we're going to rebound from this. So my point is that while that's opportunistic, I view it as far from predatory and I don't think that they did anything in a negative way. In fact, yeah. I would go as far as to say that the Wall Street Journal is far out of line and really needs to address that. So on that, I'm going to throw it over to Ben while I go and plug my computer in because I just realized the battery's getting low but I can still hear you. Well, what I was going to say, and it's a quote that I've heard multiple times and I couldn't tell you who said the quote, but basically success is where opportunity and preparedness meet, right? So you might have an opportunity to capitalize on something, but if you don't have the ability to actually capitalize on it, then you're not going to be successful. So Southwest, to your point, Stephen, had the balance sheet to be able to capitalize on this opportunity when it came up. Is it wrong that they're benefiting from it? No, not as necessarily. I don't think that's wrong at all, right? I mean, they're a business. They're a for-profit entity. They should go and continue to have success, right? So, and they're doing a service to people, right? If they were doing something where this was a zero-sum game and they went and they robbed another uh, airline of their roots, right? Uh, is it against the law? No, not necessarily. I mean, depending on, on how they're structured, I don't understand all the laws. Is it unethical to some degree to rob somebody of their business, right? Maybe, depending on your own moral stance on it. And some of this is up for, you know, to, to morality and whatever you see as moral or immoral, right? But, I mean, no, I, I think that they did exactly what a for-profit entity should do, right? I mean, they're a publicly traded company that's beholden to their shareholders. That doesn't mean that everything is all about the shareholders. That means you need to, you know, you strive to make a profit for your shareholders, a fair profit, take care of your team, and seize opportunities as they come up. And they did, you know, I think Southwest does exactly that. So... I, I yeah. mean, I'm, 
I mean, predatory is is wrong. Predatory insinuates that it's a zero sum game, right? That there's yeah. not opportunity for these other people, and you just stole the one opportunity that they had, right? Type of thing. It's like I'm not going after people specifically to take them out, right? It's like in finance, we don't go after certain advisors, right? I mean, if they're a bad person, then yeah, I might get a little predatory and I might go after them if I think they're taking advantage of people. Um, go the advisor I'm talking. I might go after the advisor to get their client specifically. But if there's good advisors out there, I'm not going to try and steal the client if the client's happy with them, right? Mm -hmm. It's like if the opportunity came up and they came to me and they said, hey, Ben, you know, I'm a little unhappy with my current situation with Joe, bogus name. Uh, I'm looking to make a change. There's an opportunity and I'm prepared to sit down and meet with them and tell them why I think that we might be a good fit for them. That's all Southwest did. That's called business people. That's not anything crazy. Yeah. Well, where I, where I look at the, the difference here is Southwest are offering an essential service for people. Travel is essential, right? And we can talk about it for business. We can talk about it for pleasure. We can talk about it for family. We can talk about it for people getting sick and having to visit them or traveling for funerals, weddings, birthdays, whatever it is, right? And if we put COVID aside, um, what was that noise? Sorry, that was my computer doing something. Oh, you're on an Apple. I can hear it. Um, you can so, hear it? <laughs> yeah, I could hear it making the Apple noise for when you're not supposed to do something. Um, but if we, if we put COVID aside, um, we have to take into account that whether we like it or not, crisis creates opportunity. And if we don't seize opportunity, then progress doesn't happen. And where I would point to that is we didn't, Thomas Edison didn't invent the light bulb because gas power, fire, and candles were so efficient. He created the light bulb because electricity, electricity existed and he found a way to utilize it to make a better product than was already on the market. It was out of necessity. It was out of progress. And guess what? There was probably, due to the amount of fires that happened with throughout, I mean, the Great Fire of London, Chicago burnt down. There's so many city fires. It, it was probably some of that, right? So if you look at it from a predatory standpoint, he made a ton of money. His, I'm sure his uh, company made a ton of money on the other side of that, but he, he fixed another issue. People weren't lighting live fire in their house anymore. People were using electricity, right, to light. So that might not be the best example. Maybe a better example is that a couple of years ago, one of my major competitors was having rolling outages. Now, I didn't know the reason behind the outages. What I did know was that a lot of customers of, that are now customers of mine and loyal customers of mine did not have the ability to process credit card transactions for long periods of time, lunch times, dinner times, over weekends, customer service wasn't great. Now, I could have sat back and waited for them to contact me, or from an opportunistic standpoint, I could be proactive, reach out to them and say, hey, are you experiencing an issue? If so, I can fix it. Let me help you. Let's make your business better. We both mm -hmm. benefit from this. The other business struggles. That's not predatory. That's opportunity. 
That's me mm -hmm. taking advantage of an opportunity or an operational inefficiency that someone else has to make someone better. So I just, this, this particularly riled me. So you might realize that Ben and I vent to each other a lot. So he, I vented about this directly to him. He vented to a group about something he saw last night. Uh, and if you want to talk about that a little bit, Ben, I'd be happy to sort of <laughs> listen. No, I don't necessarily need to. I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not going to put out there the topic because it is somewhat a little bit political. So I don't think it's something that needs to be talked about or recorded on. But I just want people to take responsibility for their beliefs, right? That's all I want. Mm -hmm. If you believe something should be done, it should start with you is what I want. I want people, if they say something, if they believe something should morally be done, that they be the example and the lead on that, right? If it's so morally, if you feel this way, so you're so strongly believing it, then you should be the leader of it, right? It's like, well, I, I can't, I shouldn't be. I mean, that's not fair for me to have to do it. It's like, well, so why is it, you know, why should someone else have to do it? Why not you? So I, that was my rant last night with regard to certain topics that I won't necessarily <laughs> bring yeah. up. In a now, I, I will say this. I, I don't like that you said because it's political, because I don't think the issue you brought up is political. I do think that it's prominent within a certain no, political I don't think leaning. the issue is political. Yeah. Uh, I think the topics that I, I was referring to can become political in that text message, mm -hmm. yeah. i.e. taxes and healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I don't blame you for trying to avoid those things um yeah especially on facebook I, I do advocate for essentially setting up what ben and i have um with multiple people i have other spaces that i go to as well and i'm not asking you to set sound set up echo chambers with your friends like you definitely want to hear other opinions you definitely want to hear what other people are doing and why they're doing it but certainly have a space that you know you can speak your mind and not be judged and not be ostracized or canceled for it. Well, I think the beauty of our friendship and, and those guys in that text message group too is, I mean, they're not just a bunch of yes men. Like if they felt differently, they would totally challenge us on it. And I know that there's other topics that we definitely have challenged each other on in that text message stream, right? So, yeah. and which I love, right? I always tell them, I have no problem engaging in controversial uh, conversation. No problem at all. Happy to do that if everybody's coming from a spot of grace and love, right? Let's get into these types of topics. Let's talk about them. You might have a different opinion than I. That does not mean that you are better or worse than I am. Uh, that just means that you have a differing opinion on something because you've experienced life in a different way than I have, right? Mm -hmm. And so you might bring a perspective to uh, a topic that I feel strongly about, which could sway me one way or another because I've not experienced that. So, uh, I mean, I love people challenging my beliefs and my opinions about how the world works, right? Because I get to grow as a person and have a more well-rounded, better opinion, right? I'm just more educated. So, yeah, challenge me. Yeah. Well, here's, here's something I would throw out. Um, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to start off by saying I like to be an informed person. I think I'm pretty educated beyond having a degree, right? Because uh -oh, unfortunately, I'm not frozen on my side. Uh -oh, guys, not I'm not sure if we're recording still and you can hear me or not, but Stephen is frozen. 
Yeah, I, I'm not frozen. I can hear you. So I think it's your internet connection. Everything's fine. Okay. Yeah. Good. Was it recording? Keep going. <laughs> yeah, we're still recording. I hate recording remotely. I really do. Um, Welcome to Zoom. Yeah. So where I was going, um, what was I saying? You just made me lose my train of thought completely. Oh, I know where I was. So I like to be informed. I like to be up on current affairs to a degree. I don't like getting my news from Fox, CNN, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, although we just referenced the Wall Street Journal. Um, yeah. Basically anything that has a political leaning. I like to be, you know, fairly informed using... What doesn't have a political leaning? Well, it's tough. Because um, even the BBC and NPR and things like that seem to have political leanings now. Even so Bloomberg essentially, sometimes, I mean, yeah, well, essentially where we're at now is you have to basically read a swathe of things from both sides and then find a middle point. Right. So that being said, I'm torn because I, to the point that I might kind of lean towards not reading, reading anything just now or watching anything just now, because I'm about to bring up another issue that I saw this morning on social media that again disgusts me and i think this is on the other side of this where it's not good opportunist opportunism it's straight up predatory and um point scoring pandering bullshit and it's from the governor of washington state who again i'm going to be the opposite here i'm not a fan of him i'm not a fan of a lot of his policies that being said, I do know he's done some good things and I'm willing to give him credit where, where it's due. But this morning, I saw an article that said he was limiting the amount that a third-party delivery service can charge a restaurant or a vendor for delivering food. And I am vehemently against this. I think he's pandering to his audience. Um, by, Can I interrupt for a Go ahead. When you're saying this, you just mean like to what the Uber Eats of the world can charge, like like that type of yeah. model, right? Like DoorDash, Uber I, Eats. Yeah, yeah, I order a coffee and the coffee from is five bucks. They can't charge another five dollars to deliver the coffee, right? It'd be two dollars, right? And he's like, you can only charge two dollars. He's saying fifteen percent is the maximum oh, and eighteen percent of the total order. So essentially what he's doing is he thinks he's helping restaurateurs, but I don't think the second, third and fourth order effects have been looked at. Um, because quite frankly, if I was DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats or any of these uh, Postmates, whatever delivers, I would probably contact those restaurants and say, you need to speak to your legislator. We're shutting down your service and we're not going to do this until such time as it's a free market. And I don't care if 15% is reasonable or not. I just yeah. feel like as a legislator, it's not his job to say, and it's essentially him coming into a business and saying, you can charge $5 for those socks. Those yeah. shoes should only be $20. That's not on. That's absolutely reprehensible. See, that's and what like I, I said. You were saying he was doing was coming in and dictating like a range in which a company could charge for like their coffee. Right. So going back to my coffee example, like he's like that latte has to be somewhere between three fifty and four fifty. Four seventy five is too expensive. Right. Yeah. And, and that would be, that would be 
uh, I, Stephen didn't want me to say this word, but that would be straight up communism if they were doing that, right? That is, that is not free market. That is communism. If you are going in, if the government is dictating price, you know, private entity prices, that's communism. Well, he is doing that, but he's just not doing it at the restaurant level. He's doing it at the next level for the third-party delivery companies. Yeah, which is not good. Well, it's the same thing. It's just, so I don't like it. I think that is is predatory because it's, it's opportunism in the worst way. He is feeding off of a crisis and he's it make, essentially trying to make him and his people look good with the restaurateurs when in actual fact what he might do is completely alienate an entire industry that they're relying on just now um, and he hasn't thought through or his people haven't thought through second third order effects or what happens if they just shut the service down yeah then you're just that's the that's the part that needs to be thought through, right? So, grandma and grandpa are sitting at the, the old folks' home, right? And they're not able to cook for themselves anymore, so they rely upon some type of delivery service to get food, and they don't want to do uh, whatever the Meals on Wheels is, right? Necessarily, but because they have the capital to be able to, they they want to order in a steak dinner, you know, so they can do that. But you're going to now say that grandma and grandpa can't order the steak dinner and pay fair market value of whatever the steak dinner is plus whatever it costs the individual and a profit margin because the governor wants to cap what he, he thinks is fair, right? He's worried about price gouging. I get that, right? And if somebody is being predatory, truly predatory, then uh, coming in after them as predatory, right? I mean, we've got rules around monopolies. We've got rules around predatory business. So, and I agree with those rules, right? And so if there is a business out there that's being predatory from a delivery standpoint and they're price gouging, then yes, like we should be going after those people to some degree and saying, Hey, don't take advantage of somebody's situation uh, purely because they can, but I'm not sure that this is that. It's not that if you think about it, I can name four services off the top of my head and I know there's more. So you've got Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, uh, Postmates. Um, There's some local ones, but if you think about it, if one of them was price gouging, everybody just transfers to the other one. And the other one's not going to price gouge. That's the free market, right? That's how it's supposed to be. That's why it would work, right? In that scenario, that's why it would work. If you were the only service and everyone else was under, and people were relying on you and your price gouging, that's a different story, right? Yeah. And in this particular instance, all of these companies have literally over the last nine months since this COVID thing started, offered free delivery, only paying their drivers, If people are ordering from local, not not chains, um, they've offered, I think when the BLM thing was big, they were offering black owned businesses, they were offering specials for if you deliver, if you ordered from them. So they're already being proactive and somewhat self-policing. None of them are price gouging, none of them. So I think what this was, and again, this is not a political statement. I'm not a fan of the man in general. I think he's done some wonderful things. I think his judgment throughout COVID-19 has been really severely lacking. And we can talk about that offline. If anybody wants to chat with me about it, happy to have conversations, fact-based conversation, not emotion-based conversations. But in this instance, I think (laughs) what he's done, (laughs) yes, what I think has happened here is he is pandering to a certain portion of his own voters 
and on the surface, I agree with the, the premise. I agree with the sentiment of it. Like, yeah, let's help restaurateurs. I just think it's not helping restaurateurs and it could severely damage restaurateurs and some of their vendors in the long run. Yeah, if you're limiting their channel, then that's not going to be so great. Yeah. So I don't want to focus on just those issues, but I wanted to sort of give an idea of where this topic idea came from. Um, and I maybe ask, go I ahead. Thought, and tell me what you think of this. Uh, I would say it's opportunistic and I, I would imagine that the companies are making money somewhere off this, but Pfizer, Moderna with the COVID-19 vaccines, right? There's been a mm -hmm. pandemic and people have certainly made money off this pandemic, right? I mean, there have been companies that are absolutely killing it. If you go and pay attention, right? Tech companies, absolutely killing it. They took advantage of an opportunity. So like Zoom, right? Zoom stock is up like mad. Um, most tech companies are up like mad. Subscription services, video, like entertainment, like mm -hmm. Netflix, those types of uh, streaming services up like crazy, right? These guys are having their best years ever in a global pandemic in which people are dying. Predatory opportunistic. Opportunistic, but exactly. accidental opportunistic. And uh, well, opportunistic is always accidental. Mm -hmm. Other than the preparedness part. Yeah. So they were ready. To, they were ready. They had the infrastructure in place. They were scalable. I will say this on a, on an almost daily basis, and this is why I'm leaning towards literally getting the hell off of Facebook. Um, I see posts on a daily basis from people saying, stop buying from Amazon, shop local. And I want to urge anybody that's listening to this to maybe dive into that a little bit. So we have a fulfillment center here in Spokane. There are literally local businesses who are only surviving currently because of that fulfillment center. So case in point, I'm going to talk about zone design, hopefully uh, Braden and Rusty don't mind me chatting about their business. It's a positive thing. They do marketing materials. They do uh, uh, decorated items, whether it be printing for business. Pay, uh, yeah. Barrel. A mug, a sweatshirt, whatever it is. Now, they are, they are licensed to work with some of the best, best um, vendors in the country. So when you order something off of Amazon right now, it's not coming from an Amazon warehouse in Texas or New York or San Francisco. It's being made in Spokane Valley, sent to that distribution center, and then being delivered on an Amazon Prime truck, which you've probably seen moving around Spokane now. So this whole movement and hatred for Amazon and how they're benefiting, Amazon is a middleman marketplace. Their goods, they take a portion and they do it at a huge scale, but they are using local vendors. They are supporting local distributors. And we need to educate some people on that and stop saying stop buying from Amazon. Because what you're invariably going to do is force people into a little brick and mortar shop that, yeah, they might buy from them once, but there's no scale to it. If you're buying that on Amazon and rating it, Maybe a hundred different people in the area buy from it because of that rating. So there's these algorithms and things that people are not taking into effect account, sorry. And they're a huge factor and it pisses me off. <laughs> and I like to see you pissed off. 
but well, and I think here's I'm trying to think of how to how to say this right. It's like you have to be opportunistic to grow your business. Mm -hmm. to grow as a human in general, right? In anything, right? You've got to be opportunistic. You got to look for maybe areas which are weak where you can step in and make them stronger. And certain people have giftings that are going to be able to step into those areas and others do not. That's not necessarily uh, predatory. I mean, you're not sitting there waiting for your friend to fail so that you can go in and, and take their job or something like that. And if you're doing that, that's wrong, right? I mean, you, you, I think what it comes down to, predatory is wishing that somebody fails so that you can be take, take what they had. Where opportunistic is like, you know, if they fail, then I, I'm ready to come in and, and help take, uh, take care of that customer or you know, do whatever that action is that they were doing. So if there's ill intent, predatory, I would say. It, opportunistic mm -hmm. is God. I wish you the best of success. I I don't think anybody would wish that those airlines uh, closed those flight paths or those routes, right? Uh, and I, I bet you Southwest Airlines didn't wish that they closed those routes. Uh, honestly, I mean, I don't think anybody, unless maybe they're mean-hearted, wishes that you know their friend loses their job so that they can be better. Steven's sticking his tongue out at me right now. I'm not sure why he was doing that. <laughs> and maybe he's hoping I fail he can come in and take I was job. actually licking my lips I was like what is that but I put um, stuff on my lips earlier you can taste it about it yeah yeah look at your taste coming back but oh, it's so been back I, for I, a couple I, days yeah good but like I was saying so I would think it comes back to, to the morality thing from the very beginning right it's like most people have a good idea of what's morally right and wrong mm -hmm. and predatory morally wrong right in most i would say 99 percent of cases right there's you can be predatory towards somebody who's negative right i mean i would say that and maybe this is the wrong word but i mean the cops would be predatory towards a criminal right mm -hmm. okay that's positive i think there is and i mean we said it had a negative connotation but hey you know if you're being a bad person yeah i'm gonna try to come after you Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Guess what? When the opportunity presents itself to take you out, they should take you out. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. Um, I think right now, going in, in, in Washington, for anybody listening to us outside of Washington, we're going back into a second set of lockdowns here. Essentially, restaurants yeah, and gyms are the two industries that have been mandated to shut back down obviously we've talked from a mental health perspective what the gym does for me so i've already made arrangements um for when i'm healthy to be able to still get my daily dose of lifting heavy things and breathing hard um there's a there's a joke there but you missed it um i didn't <laughs> <laughs> um, i just said you don't have heavy things to lift so again, from, a, from the standpoint of, of these lockdowns, I would even go as far as to say that some of these lockdowns are somewhat predatory from, a, from an opportunity standpoint. And that this wouldn't have happened a month ago with the same numbers before the election um, because you would have alienated half of the state, essentially, right? I understand the need to keep people healthy. Um, but what we're getting here is this pandering to um, 
anecdotes about people getting sick at restaurants, bars, gyms, when in actual fact, the Washington Fitness Alliance released a video and statements and documents with all of their evidence and findings that with basically using the entire global statistics with 45 or 48 million check-ins at gyms over the last few months, basically 17 cases have been tracked back to a fitness studio or a gym. One case in the USA from all of the tracking that's been going on. And it's really ridiculous that that particular facet of uh, mental health, physical health outlet has been completely overlooked and shut down to try and shut down COVID-19 cases. And I look at it as a terribly, terribly predatory practice because um, I think we're going to see suicides, mental health, physical health, and so many other um, issues stem from this, you know? Yeah, and I want to go back to something you originally said when you first started this comment here. Um, and I'm going to try and, and, and remember it. And you were saying that this wouldn't have happened, the shutdown wouldn't have happened prior to the election, even if we had the same numbers. That, that's my belief. Yeah, that is a belief. Yeah, that I, I, I say, and, and I'm, and yeah, and that's, that's just it. I wanted to clarify that for one, that it's, that's a belief. And, and then I wanted to, because uh, I, I was going to say that's kind of an unfair thing to say, because it's like we don't necessarily know, right? I mean, we are having record-breaking numbers every day. We had 400 and something new cases yesterday, which was the second highest day of the pandemic locally in Spokane County ever. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, is the threat real? Yes. I think the whole idea here at the end of the day is managing the numbers so that we don't see our hospitals overwhelmed, right? It's like, it, 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 there, it's very much a balance. I mean, we've got one side where we're balancing hospital capacity, making sure that people aren't uh, not getting the care that they need. And then also on the other hand, it's keeping businesses open, keeping people uh, able to feed their families and healthy from a mental and safe standpoint, right? So it, it, it's hard to say what's right and what's wrong because in this situation, somebody's going to be losing a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's no situation where everybody wins, sadly. Uh, and there's going to be parties on both sides that are going to be yelling, this is the right way to do it, uh, when there is no right way to do it. Because, he, I mean, if you're the politician that has to make this call, you're losing either way. It's a lose-lose it's situation because you're going to have to hurt somebody to be able yeah. to, to do it. And guess what? That might change day-to-day. Uh, -day. Here's the beauty of it, and it's been said a lot of these times, right? It's like people should have the right to change their opinion based on new facts. So to hold somebody to something based upon, you know, relics of facts isn't fair either. So, and we're getting new facts and things every day. So I don't know if, if saying, you know, he would have done this, maybe, maybe from just a purely political standpoint, he wouldn't have. Um, and I think, I think there's some truth to that though, in my opinion as well, that he probably wouldn't have. He probably would try to keep the can down as long as he could just because, yeah, if you're in the middle of a shutdown, the guy that shuts you down. But also, it might have helped him too because King County sure loves themselves some Inslee. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I feel like we're focused on him a lot in this, this episode, which was not my intention. Um, you know, well, I, think just, I mean, we're, we're in a lockdown right mm -hmm. now which was uh, mandated by our governor, which again, 
I, I would not want his job. That's he's got probably uh, one of the hardest jobs in, in, in state government, right? It's having to be the guy who makes the decision whether or not you're going to send mm-hmm. your citizens into a lockdown and force uh, rules on them, which to some degree go against free market and democracy, right? But it's like, oh, terrible spot to be. Terrible See, spot. I think this is where you and I would maybe disagree a little bit, not necessarily on the, the difficulty of the job, but I think the job becomes infinitely easier if you're truly looking at what the right thing to do is, not based on keeping your job, not based on pandering to a certain... Um, and this is where politics in general is broken because you, you have to... To be successful as a politician, you have to continue to pander and win over the, your base, Maybe, right? Yeah. Your base. Yeah. So even when the right thing to do is apparent, often politicians do quote unquote the wrong thing or the, the perceived wrong thing because other people who have supported them to that point benefit. Now, that being said, like I said, I think it, you, the, the job as a governor or a legislator becomes infinitely simpler and infinitely better for you as a person if you just always look at the facts and apply logic. And that's where we're severely lacking. Um, I can share some things with you offline, but just high level. I look at the science and data, quote unquote, that is shared from Jay Inslee and some of the terms, and I'm going to read this from a message I sent to another friend of mine the other day. Um, some of the terms just really don't sit right with me. So um, give me just a sec to find this. I have to go into this message string. And the language from a, um, from a, it, it was science and data that he said he was sharing. Um, but this, the, 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 the language is, is this it here? Um, oh, so many messages. Anyway, it was <laughs> stuff so like, it was stuff like observed, which means anecdotal, not scientific yeah. Yeah. observed hospital visits. Not yep. It was models, which again are not scientific models or guesses, estimated, uh, con- estimated infection rate as of November 1st. Again, why the hell are we estimating anything? We have hard data. We don't need to estimate. So it's just, if you, if you actually dive into the things that are being shared about why the decisions are being made, it doesn't add up. It doesn't read as empirical data. It reads as anecdotal and not scientific. Scientists don't get to say, I'm going to assume this and I'm going to estimate this. They have to show why they're making those estimations and that's not happening. So just as, a, as an aside. Now that we're off track again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, I think that's where critical thinking comes in. Critical thinking comes into play there. And a lot of people are not thinking critically or don't even have the capacity to think critically at this point. Yeah. If we're going to predatory and opportunistic, here's an opportunity. We'll 
we're going to get back on topic here (laughs) 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 is we got Thanksgiving coming up. We did. And uh, I I know folks are, this could be an interesting Thanksgiving, depending on how closely you're going to follow some of the rules. Uh, You know, they want you to, to be home with your immediate family. So only those that you live with. Uh, is is the the current ruling or or ask I guess it's not necessarily a rule as much as they're asking folks uh, to kind of be smart right or, or quarantine before and, and certain rules right from a mental health standpoint I was just thinking about this I mean these are the times of years that can be mentally taxing already for folks <laughs> the holidays and maybe for some this will be a positive action like oh darn it I can't go to Thanksgiving dinner with my great aunt who only wants to talk about blah whatever it is right or or mm-hmm. people who bug all the time right so some some folks they might be cheering the fact that they don't have to go to thanksgiving dinner which i guess maybe you're in a mentally good spot because of that then but for those of you that might be struggling with going home to see your family or first you know doing a friend's giving or whatever it is you know and you're just fatigued and tired so just take some time to meditate or get outside right i mean don't, don't forget to do the things that are life-giving to you too. And I know it's even harder at this period in time uh, to take advantage of those opportunities. But like even yesterday, you know, I could just tell I needed to go for a walk and I had a two hour board meeting that I was going into. So I put my AirPods in, I pulled up the board meeting on my phone and walked the park for, you know, 20 minutes uh, for the first little portion of the meeting, right? It's like take advantage and be intentional, but take advantage of those opportunities to get outside or to do something with your family and to turn off the TV and to get off Facebook and to, you know, learn a new board game or you know, build a birdhouse or something. I don't know. Just whatever it is, do something with your hands. Just don't sit there and slowly die. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, I do think we obviously have to, everybody needs to reevaluate their mental health routine, whether that be talking to people on Zoom, walking your dogs, getting some exercise in. Um, I don't think that there's a more cathartic release than, than exercise for me. Um, yeah. You know, for other people, it's, it's been able to, to laugh and joke with their family and friends. And I get, I, I like all that stuff as well, but I think we have to make sure that, we're not going into this with the same mindset as we did the first time around. And it took people a month or two to adjust to it. We've been here. We've done this. Let's, let's continue to. And at the end of the day, don't dwell on the things you can't do and the rules that have been put in place, right? Like dwelling on negative things is not going to be productive. I I would Mm -hmm. say to your comment of people who like to be with their friends and have a good time, right? That's their release. It's like, Go socially distance outside around a campfire. Bundle up and go stand around a campfire, right? Go find or go camping. Shoot. I mean, go do something where you can be socially distant. Like, just change the narrative. Change the game a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the rules have changed a little bit. Fine. Okay. Play differently. That doesn't mean that you can't play anymore. It just means the traditional way of doing things, the way that you were so used to doing them, has changed. Is that uncomfortable? Yeah. Welcome to life. (laughs) It's uncomfortable at times. Right, and if you're willing to change and you're willing to adapt and to go seek out those things that are pl- you know going to bring you pleasure and joy in life, then you're going to get through this and you're going to be in a good spot mentally. I know for me, I've been uh, you know getting up early with a t- 
toddler and a newborn the last couple of weeks and then working late, right? And it's mentally taxing. But I get up in the morning, I'm giving my newborn son a bottle and I'm watching the sunrise, looking at the beautiful sun. And it's like, you know what? I'm blessed. Like sometimes you need to stop and you need to just realize what you have, right? And I think great daily gratitudes are important. Uh, even if it's not daily, just every once in a while when you think about it, take 30 seconds and list out the things that you find important in your life that you currently have, right? Like I've got Steven's friendship. I've got Pop's friendship. I've got Patrick's friendship. We've got each other, even if we can't see each other in person, that we can text each other and hang out. I've got my wife who loves me and who is supportive. I've got my kids who are healthy. I've got a beautiful home. I still have my job. I'm able to support local businesses that need it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I got to see the beautiful sunrise. I got to get out for a walk, right? There are good things that are happening in your life that sometimes you don't see because you're so focused on the negative. It's like, you got to experience the good too. And you got to let yourself experience the good and get rid of the bad and let it just roll off your back. I love that. Look at you being all insightful, Ben. When did you learn to do that shit? When did you learn to do this shit? <laughs> inside me. I've just learned to grab it and pull it out. <laughs> smack people like, in the forehead. Demons come out. Yeah. I just like giving you shit. You know this. I know. So well, we probably, we'll, we'll probably talk for long enough. Um, no, we'll quit talking. I don't want people to get mad at us. Yeah. Make sure you guys, if you're still listening to this, make sure you're, you have a great Thanksgiving regardless of whether you do it on your own or with less family than normal. Um, check on someone that you wouldn't maybe normally reach out to on Thanksgiving. Check that they're okay. Keep an eye out for people uh, currently that, that might be um, in a bad spot. You know, um, Thanksgiving's a great time to reach out and help people. Ben talked about it a little bit there, but whether it's buying a meal for a family or uh, you know, locally here in Spokane, for instance, there's Tom's Turkey Drive. There's other ways that you can, you know, help families that might not be able to afford it or might be in a bad spot. Absolutely. That's good. Good advice. Well, thank yeah. you guys for listening. Please go rank or rank. <laughs> Rate and review us. Rank us. Rate and review us, yeah. uh, if you would, please. Ordinary to extraordinary. Listen on all platforms. We're on everything, everywhere, all the time. All you got to do, search Ordinary to Extraordinary. Share mm -hmm. us with a friend that might need to hear this uh, as well. There's a lot of folks. I know our listener numbers continue to be rocking, which is awesome. Uh, yep. I'm always pleasantly surprised when I log in now <laughs> that they keep going up. I don't know why, but it's awesome. <laughs> somebody likes listening to us. Yeah, I don't know if somebody's just listening a thousand times in a day or what's going on, but whatever. No mad about it. So, yeah, seriously, share it, rate, review. We appreciate you guys. Have a great Thanksgiving, and until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.